0: There seems to be, in, in, from my perspective, a pretty, um, a pretty good acknowledgement from the people in St. Mary's City that the narratives that we're used to hearing just purely about people like the Calverts are not the only stories that exist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was one of the things that was a, a nice takeaway for me. <laughs> ¶¶
1: Hello, thank you for joining us again today I'm at Maryland Public Television, about to speak to Amy Oden, Emmy Award-winning producer and one of the main creative minds behind MPT Digital. My name is Howard Fletcher, and this year podcast is called The Number One, Two.
0: Why don't I go downtown for a bucket of netball? Mac and cheese in the side of the I wanna go downtown for
1: of they right next door to the taste we're doing something a little bit different on this episode of the number one two instead of interviewing a winemaker or a craft brewer I'm bringing you a conversation with a fellow journalist Amy Oden. Amy is an experienced and respected producer, director, photographer. She has over 10 years of experience in television, film, and multimedia. Most of her career has been spent producing documentary content on an array of social, political, scientific, and art-related topics. She's also the producer of MPT Digital Studios, and that's a division of Maryland Public Television. They exclusively develop and produce digital content for the internet. This year, Amy won an Emmy Award in the Health and Science category for her MPT Digital feature story, Overcoming Opioids, Fentanyl. Her current project with MPT Digital can be found at their website, which is mpt.org slash digital studios. It's on the page they call The Dig. There you can find several short videos on an array of topics, but we're we're going to be discussing Amy's current project, which is about Old St. Mary's City, which is in Southern Maryland. In fact, we'll be listening to a few clips interspersed in our conversation. So, with no further ado, here's my conversation with journalist Amy Oden. Okay, I'd like to uh, welcome Amy Oden to the show. Amy is an award winning journalist, videographer, and I'll let her describe herself any way she (laughs) would like to. I I see that we have uh, similar Background somewhat, or or something we share, that we're both fearless Terps from the University of Maryland. (laughs) So with that, uh, Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you. And please tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Uh, So, right, like you just mentioned, uh, I've been local for, I moved to the area 25 years ago. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I uh, had the good fortune of being able to start doing communications work in high school, so... Yeah, I was in the – there's a program at Blair High School in Silver Spring that I actually was, like, picked up my first camera, started shooting. Um, So I went to Maryland, did my undergrad there. Um, I worked at a small um, nonprofit in northern Virginia for a number of years called MHZ Networks that was um, affiliated with PBS but not a PBS affiliate. So most of my background is actually in nonprofit media um i'm trying to give you the quick and dirty that's okay uh, that's okay i went to gw for my master's degree around 2012 i've done some independent work um a feature talk about women in underground music another feature about um women working in strip clubs in guam in 2012 um, that was released in sixteen. Um, did some freelancing over the years for a couple of different production companies. Worked for a university for a while. Um, worked at a DC TV station, and then I've been here for. This is I'm starting my third year at MPT. So.
1: Okay, uh, so was it your experience in high school that, really, made you know got you attracted to journalism, or is there something else, or.
0: Yeah, I mean, high school definitely pointed me in this direction. I actually managed to make contact with the first media, like teacher I ever had last year, mm. and just like thanked him for, I don't know, being a spark for me. Um, definitely, that was around the time that I first read Jean Kilborn who's this like feminist media theorist, and she was talking about representation and. Um, and sort of like doing a lot of ad deconstructions and stuff like that, and I think that was the first thing that sort of spurred me in this direction. Yeah. Um, so it was more media theory than journalism at first, but then when I went to Maryland, that was when I started focusing on like facts and documentary and journalistic right. practice and stuff like that, so.
1: Right, well I wanna talk to you about this latest project that you've done called The Dig. Sure. Uh, I'm, I really like history, um, <clears throat> I'm a Marylander myself, And so Maryland history is very intriguing to me. Uh, It's about historic St. Mary's uh, City? Right, yeah. Tell me a little about that. So the dig in and of itself was
0: just sort of created to be um, a place where we could put lots of different general studies kinds of pieces. Um, So originally we created the dig around the pieces that I did uh, that covered the fracking kind of movement through the General Assembly on the fracking legislation last session, I think it was 2016, 17 session. Um, And so since then, I've just kind of filled it up with a variety of different things, some science-based, some history-based, some social issue-based. And the St. Mary's City pieces are... Yeah, some of the latest work, um, and I did eight of them going down to St. Mary's City and shooting over a couple days, um, shot a variety of interviews with the people that were there, some historians, some archaeologists, uh, and just tried to whittle it down to sort of focus on a few different things around their, I guess you would call it a campus. It's a pretty big lot of land that they...
1: Yeah, have. in fact uh, I thought it was called The Dig. I'm glad you gave me that background because, right. uh, because they're doing digging down there. They're actually right. doing some excavation. Right. Um, the I saw that you have six pieces up. It's an eight-piece eight series. Yep. And six are up and I looked at a few. Uh, the first one was about the natives, that uh, the indigenous people that lived there. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you learn a lot in doing this?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that... <clears throat> I learn on every piece I produce, sure, right? Sure. So. We know that there have been people living in the Thai water region for over 10,000 years. We know that the waters are very, very important to them. We also know that the water level has risen over the past 10,000 years, and so there are a lot of Native American sites that are actually in the bottom of rivers right now. We know that they were watermen. We know that they really enjoyed oysters, and there were plenty of oysters. I've heard as big as your hand. Some people mentioned that three or four men could eat one oyster. It was a whole different kind of world back then. Sure. But yeah, I mean, I definitely learned about, you know, the Calverts and kind of the foundations of Maryland and the people right who were here before the Calverts and the people who um, kind of really were the blood, sweat, and tears of building the blocks of the state, you know? Um, and I think that there seems to be, in, in from my perspective, a pretty, um, a pretty good acknowledgement from the people in St. Mary's City that the narratives that we're used to hearing, just purely about people like the Calverts, are not the only stories that exist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was one of the things that was a, a nice takeaway for me, um, was just helping to expand the narratives that we hear.
1: Now St. Mary's City is almost on the most southern tip of Maryland, correct? Right. Yeah. It's it's south of Solomons.
0: It is south of Solomons. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, the other piece that struck me, uh, all of them that they're they're they are very good, and I recommend everybody listening to please go to the dig and, and watch them. There are two more coming up. I'm looking forward to right. it. Right. Uh, is was about slavery, about the history of slavery Mm -hmm. that's in St. Mary's City and that that was the first and correct me if I'm wrong the first municipality that actually passed slavery laws?
0: Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't the, I don't know if it was the first municipality per se, but it was the place where the papers that became the slavery laws in the United States were drafted. Wow. So Maryland kind of codified um, what was becoming common practice at the time uh-huh. was like the sort of the end of indentured servitude
1: yeah, I thought that was very interesting how and it was <laughs> it was sort of how capitalism <laughs> yeah goes forward right because it mean you know, it went from indentured servitude all the way up to when they started it, when that didn't work out they wanted to use uh, people in bondage for for uh, to work the land, but also what I thought was interesting was that the guy, uh, Dr. Broom, mm-hmm. ended up owning the whole city and turning the whole thing into his plantation. Right? Is there something that you found down there that you really didn't expect to see? That's a funny question.
0: Um, I mean, I, <laughs> I guess I go into a lot of things like just sort of with a blank slate in my mind, so I don't know. Surprising is a funny adjective, you know. Um, I think, I mean, I was definitely pretty blown away by the preserved slave quarter that they have there.
1: We're right now in a very rare building. It is a wooden duplex quarter built for enslaved people. This is the only quarter like it surviving in all of Maryland.
0: Like being actually able to stand and walk around in that building, which is, uh, according to them, I think the best preserved building like it in the state. Um, was pretty out of control. I mean, I think that we collectively tend to think of slavery and the Civil War as something that happened so long ago, right? But it really wasn't that long ago. Uh It was like only two generations. Um, And uh, the fact that buildings from that era that we, you know, obviously it's like something that people would love to be able to forget, but um, that those buildings are still here. And that you can stand inside of them and really feel what that was like, Mm -hmm. you know, in some small sense is pretty
1: mind-blowing. So tell us a little bit about kind of how the sausage is made here, about the nuts and bolts of what you do. (laughs) I mean, you you heard about first, how did you hear about this project down there? Was this something that you found in your own research?
0: Yeah, so I, I tend to you know research and produce in these sort of cycles right mm-hmm. that I think any journalist or like media producer is familiar with you know you go out you get you get information in the field you edit it together you put something out you go back and start researching more so I was I just you know was headed in the direction of various historical facts about Maryland mm-hmm. um, for whatever research cycle that was and I turned up St. Mary's City actually turned up St. John's in my research, which was the place where the papers that led to the codification of slavery were oh, actually okay. drafted, which is actually um, still in progress as an archaeological site in St. Mary's City and is sort of being housed in this larger building that you can see in the archaeology piece mm-hmm. um, that I produced. Um, and so St. John's was the thing that came up first when I was researching, and then I called and spoke with one of their Folks on staff, and I said, You know, I wanted to produce this piece on St. John's. And he said to me, Well, that's part of a much larger campus where there's tons of stuff going on. And he said, Why don't you come down here and do a site visit and I can show you what it's like in the property that we have? So I went down there, and that was when I kind of got a full scope of everything that's down there. (laughs) And there's just like so much going on, right? I mean, it's like acres and acres of land, and they've set up lots of different like. Uh, sites from different time periods and people educating on a variety of different subjects so uh, at that point I kind of came back and had tons of pages of notes from this like all day visit and said to myself okay this has to be more than than one piece I have to do I have to do several and I have to figure out a way to to get this to work out
1: St. John's is an incredible site that was built in 1638 by, for a man named John Luger. He served as the secretary of the colony. It is also the site where historical archaeology in Maryland was really founded. It's where we learned a lot about what the archaeology of the colonial period looks like in Maryland. And it's also a, just a fascinating settlement that grew from being a, a home. Uh, it was also used as a place for the General Assembly to meet. Uh, it was later used as uh, the home of a merchant and his family. It was later functioned as an inn. And it was Charles Calvert's home, so it has ties to the, the founding proprietor uh, family of Maryland. So it's really got a lot of different stories that it can tell. We'll be right back after this. Each of these segments, uh, they look to be, I guess, they range probably from about three minutes to seven, eight minutes, somewhere yeah. in there. Uh, so let's go with five, like on a sure. five-minute piece. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> how, how much footage did you shoot, so to speak? I know it's electronics, not really footage, but how much uh, How much did you get material? Did you gather to get a five-minute piece? Would you
0: right. Um. It's funny because I feel like for St. Mary's City, it was maybe a little bit different from how, like if I was just going to go do a one-off piece, right, Right. Right. I would shoot 30 to 45 minute interview and then a couple hours of footage, like illustrative B-roll footage. Mm -hmm. Um, But for St. Mary's, I I worked with the people there to kind of plan out what my 48 hours of availability was going to (laughs) look like. And we just shot... I went to the various locations and shot interviews with their experts on site the first day that I was there, and did a little bit of filming at each place to kind of fill things out with some footage, and then I just wrote up a punch line, a punch list that night, and then went back the next day and shot illustrative B roll footage like all day. So, that was the product of basically two full days worth of shooting, um, and I think I did I did go back a. Th- Third time actually, a few weeks later, because I knew that I was still missing a couple pieces here and there. Um, so I just did like one more afternoon. Um, so, yeah, more like two and a half days actually.
1: Yeah. Well, as somebody who has done something like that, I know that a lot <laughs> of times what you picture at the onset is different than the end result. Right. Did that happen in this process or was there? was a pretty straightforward
0: um so I feel like the thing that I have said to people many times over the years like I've taught a couple times in both a university setting and in kind of like community more community oriented places and um I feel like I always say think about creating like a segment or a piece that's like this think about that like you would think about writing a term paper in high school. You know, you go into it with your introduction and your sort of like thesis statement, and you have these ideas about what you're gonna see, and then you do your research, and then that's your your big the body of everything, and then you have your conclusion, which may or may not agree with your thesis, mm-hmm. right? So it's really in terms of process and concepts, it's so similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think every time I do a piece, there are things that surprise me or I'm not expecting to sit like, oh, this church that I, you know, looked like a, this sort of boring brick building and now that has this, like, really neat architectural thing here and I have to focus on that. You know, I mean, I think that there are always, like, little, at least little things like that 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 I wind up encountering that I wasn't seeing yeah. maybe at first, um, but it's, it's just the same as any sort of a research project.
1: Do you have any plans or do you think there's a possibility you'll take this series and maybe make a a feature-length doc out of it, or...
0: Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. I don't know. When I was sitting there
1: watching it, you know, when I I went to it, there were already six up there. Right. And going one behind the other, I was... That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That that this possibly could, you know...
0: Yeah, there are sort of murmurs internally about, like, ways to reconfigure the work for broadcast and see what... Where things can go, so...
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of Marylanders would find, or, or just people in general, people like history, mm-hmm. American history, uh, will find that very intriguing. Because St. Mary's City, you know, you hear about Williamsburg and Jamestown, right, <laughs> Plymouth Rock and all of that, but you don't really hear too much about cities in Maryland, especially St. That's Mary's. True. So I think it would be very informative, especially since it was the birthplace of the codification of slavery. slavery Right, that
0: was my end road, you know, I was like, whoa, wait a minute, seriously? Yeah. yeah. So,
1: yeah. Wow. So, what plans do you have in the future for your work? I mean, are you you, here at MPT? do you focus just on Maryland history, or or do you have another project uh, out there in the works, or... Sure.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm kind of more of a generalist, right, Mm -hmm. which is essentially the purview of the dig. Um, and so I'm always looking for new stuff to focus on and it's not necessarily just history. Um, I just finished a couple pieces about graffiti alley, which is a, a place in Baltimore city. That's a public location for folks who like to spray paint to do their work. Um, that's legal. Yeah. Um, I just finished a piece about um, a smaller nonprofit in PG that's working on services for incarcerated women. Um, and I'm working on some stuff about zebrafish at the Carnegie Institution right now. Um. what else, what's the other thing I've been researching lately oh no um, <laughs> There. it's just always there's like a ton of different ideas and topics that really run the gambit with me so oh I'm working on a, a, starting to work on a piece with the highway administration about um, an old this is more historical I guess about um, an older um, cemetery that is changing hands and trying to figure out Uh, who various remains belong to?
1: Well, people who listen to my show know that, uh, well, most of the time I'm interviewing winemakers or brewers, (laughs) and I'm asking them personal questions about the beverages that they make and the places they'd like to go and visit for that. So as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, I'll ask you this. Is there, if you had unlimited funds... You know, you – you which <laughs> don't we all wish we had Right, that? yeah. But if you could go pursue any story or go somewhere just to research a, a possible story, where would you choose to go? Uh,
0: but, uh, well, I mean – I feel like everywhere is interesting to me, yeah. you know? <laughs> I know it's a difficult like, question. I think that there are just like millions of stories that exist. And Do you have like, like three that might come to exciting. you or, or a couple I mean, that might I, pop in your head? I can tell you three places that I think I'm probably headed in the next couple years, Okay. years um, to pursue various facets of my work. Okay. Um, next month, I'm going to go to Argentina, which is really exciting. <laughs> um, a friend... And colleague is screening some work that I did a few years ago, the, the film that I mentioned on women in underground music. So the Argentinian government is bankrolling a trip down there for me, which is really cool Fantastic. to go participate in a film festival and talk to folks in Argentina about gender and art and things like that. So that's going to be really great. Yes. Um, I'm trying currently to get some funding together for a project involving some folks from Baltimore city who work on a pop-up restaurant mm-hmm. um, called Colosag. Uh so they serve Filipino food and they want to take a trip to the Philippine Islands and learn how to cook more authentically and learn how to um, learn sort of like where the food that they're cooking is coming from. Right. Um, so we've been working together in the past couple of weeks to shoot a really quick sample scene to use to apply for fundraising so Trying to do that. Um, I feel like I always keep winding back up in the Pacific and Southeast Asia, but I I do really enjoy that part of the world. Yeah. Um, and it looks like there is a possibility that I might do an artist fellowship in Bulgaria in a year or two. So just to work on my own projects, like I would take time off from MPT and, yeah. and go focus on my own hustles for a week or wow. something. So, I mean, but there's, I mean, you know, two of those ideas aren't even things that I would be shooting, but... I think that the world has just, like, so much possibility in it, and there are just so many different things to to shoot. I am with you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that. So um, lastly, just can you just tell our audience where they can find your work if they're interested in seeing it? And um, Mike is yours, please. Sure, yeah. Um,
0: so all of the stuff from the dig is listed under mpt.org slash digital studios, mm-hmm. um, and people can find the, the work from the dig there, then also the work that I did around the opioid crisis in Maryland, um, under the vertical that's called overcoming opioids. And then there's a, th- a third link sort of uh, near the bottom of that page, um, to the first series that I did when I got here called Voices of Baltimore. That's about community response to the uprising in Baltimore City in 2015. Um, and, yeah, I mean, my, my personal work is available linked off of my Facebook page. So if you look up Films by Amy Oden, it's all there. Um, but there's a link to MPT there as well, also.
1: Wow. Well, Amy Oden, thank you for being on the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I look forward to seeing more of your work in the future. Thanks. Uh, especially that piece on Bulgaria.
0: Yeah, Yeah. we'll see I, how yeah, it goes. Yeah. I always seem <laughs> to end up in Eastern Europe. So I, w- oh, cool. I, w- I will be very
1: interested to see what comes of that, if sure. anything. So yeah. thanks a lot. We'll yeah, you in the you. future. Bye-bye. Yeah. Well, there's another episode in the books. I'd like to thank a few people who helped make all this possible. First, Amy Oden of MPT Digital for her time and generosity. I would strongly recommend that you visit uh, mpt.org. That's uh, Maryland Public Television's website to go to The Dig and see what Amy and her colleagues have put together there. I think you'll be very impressed. There's some really good stuff being developed there. I would also like to thank Tom Williams, who's the Managing Director of Communications at Maryland Public Television, for his assistance with this interview. I'd like to thank the notorious JMZ, Joan Zimmerman. Thank you for your support, companionship, and suggestions. Your assistance and advice are invaluable. I'd like to thank Jack the Pug for being quiet while I'm recording this for once in his life. Thank you very much, Jack. Wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Blueberry, wherever, please give us a rating and give us some feedback. It's a small thing, but it helps us a ton. Also, look for our Facebook page, The Number One Two Podcast, and also follow us on Instagram at The Number One Two Podcast. All of our music, including our theme song, Tasty Freeze, was created, produced, supplied, everything by Cadillac Grip. If you're ever in Denver or Boulder, Colorado, go see Cadillac Grip play. Because if you ain't hip to the grip, you just ain't hip. The number one two podcast was written, recorded, engineered, produced, and screwed up by me. I'm Howard Fletcher. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye.